Well, good morning and welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're in the room, would you stand with us? If you're online with us, would you just worship the Lord today? Come on, let's stand together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, brothers and sisters. Let's keep praising the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. Let the Lord get the praise that he so justly deserves. Hallelujah. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord as they were just singing. Aren't you glad to be in God's holy house? Amen. I can't think of a place that I would rather be. Young baby down here saying, yes, yes. There's no no better place to be than in God's holy house. We all love our homes. And I think of all the beautiful homes in the world, all the beautiful houses. I've seen the White House. What a beautiful place that is where our president lives. And I've seen the People's House, the Capitol. Have you been there? What a beautiful place, isn't it? We've seen pictures of the Taj Mahal. And uh, what's over there in England? Okay, Buckingham Palace. Yes. There's so many beautiful homes all around the world. But no place is as beautiful as the house of God. There's nothing to compare with God's holy house. Thank you, Jesus. And whether it be a storefront or the National Cathedral, or right here at Christ the Cornerstone. We are in the most blessed place on earth, the place that Jesus called a house of prayer. None other than King David says in Psalm 27 that the one thing he desired, the one thing that he sought after, here's a man who had everything, but he says, I want to be in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty of the Lord. The Lord is beautiful, church. And to inquire into his temple. For he said, in the days of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. The Lord, David said, will set me upon a rock. And I said this last night. I think I'll say it again. It was a little tongue-in-cheek. But the rock has a name. Do you know his name? Jesus. And I said last night, my daughter, Maria, used to say, Dwayne. <laughs> Dwayne the wrestler. No, that's not quite who we have in mind. Our rock is Jesus, brothers and sisters. And David says we can stand upon him. He's that ground that will not sink. He's not sinking sand. We can stand on him and be saved. Psalm 27 goes on to say, Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices for shouts of joy. Hallelujah! Shouts of joy. Singing and praising unto the Lord with music. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we are doing. This is a good place. This is a good place to praise the Lord. And also a good place. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. Go with it. He's worthy. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. This is all for you, Jesus. Let us go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters. That's also what we do here in this wonderful house of prayer, as Jesus called it. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so honored, so privileged to be here today. Father, you didn't have to wake us up this morning. But you touched us with your precious finger of life. And you filled us, dear God, with your presence. For it is in you that we live. It is in you that we move, dear God. We have to be reminded of that sometimes. 
is in you, Lord, that we have our very being. Help us, dear God, to walk steadfastly in your essence and your presence. We want to be like Jesus. Help us, dear God, to be true Christians, to be Christ-like. Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, dear God. To do what Jesus would do. To love like Jesus would love. To see one another through the eyes of Jesus, not through human eyes. To see them as Jesus did. Help us to do that, dear God, so the world can see our testimony by the things that we say and do. Father, bless everybody who is here today. All those who are on the internet watching today's services are here, dear God, to hear in spirit. Those who are sick, who would love to be here but can't right now. Lord, I think of Candy Juliana. You know her whole family has been sick with this COVID. And there's so many others like them, dear God. Heal them, dear God. Heal them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Lord, we love you. We give you honor and glory. That's why we're here today. This is the best place we can think of to be. Strengthen us, dear God. Keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger this week. From danger seen and unseen alike, continue to give your angels charge over us. Bless our leader. Bless Pastor Roger and, and his family. First Lady Carolyn. First Lady Lawanda. Thank you for blessing us with them, dear God. Lord, we love you. Christ, we exalt thee. Holy Spirit, rest, reign, rule, and abide not only in our hearts or in our church, but also in our homes. This we humbly ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated, brothers and sisters. God bless. Hey, CTC family. I'm Lynn, and here's this week's news. Over the last several months, we've been making connections with the people in the communities around our Ellesmere campus. On Sunday, October 31st, we are inviting everyone to come to our first trunk or treat at that campus. There will be pumpkin decorating, face painting, games, candy, and lots of other activities. We are still in need of people to staff the games, face painting, and pumpkin orders, and folks to decorate your cars. You will find a sign-up link on our website. Urban Promise is a ministry that seeks to lead urban youth and families in serving Christ and to live a full life. Our church has partnered with this ministry for a number of years. The women of our Ellesmere campus are leading an effort to collect supplies for teachers at Urban Promise. Items needed include children's masks, Clorox wipes, tissues, and bottled hand soap. These items can be dropped off at either campus during office hours or service times. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus Office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus Office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can hit the request prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. today you know just like um, the scripture says I was glad when they said let's go into God's house 
Sunday around 9 a.m., there's no better place to be. Where we sing songs to the Lord, where we hear scripture from his holy word, and then a message that has the power to change our lives. And then we get to go out and be the hands and feet of God. So welcome if you're in this room or if you're in um, on TV or I don't know what to say. That's in camera, perhaps. But we'd like to welcome you. And if this is your first time here, as you leave the celebration room, there's a room to the left that's called the Welcome Center. Please stop in. We'd like to meet with you personally and offer you a small gift. If you're new here and you're online, please press the New Here button. We'll ask for some information that's kept confidential, of course, and we'll reach out to you later. At your table or at your chair, you'll find a Connect card. It looks like this. Please complete the information on the Connect card, and please consider leaving a prayer request on the Connect card or a praise report. We get together and we pray over them throughout the week. I welcome you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's glad to, I'm, glad, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that you're here with us also today. Indeed, we, those prayer requests are very important to us. It's the way that we stay connected. And uh, with this, we, we, as, we, as we love God, as we serve God and serve one another, and as we engage, we engage with God, we engage with one another, we engage the world with that good message of Jesus Christ. And that's why we've gathered to celebrate this morning at Christ the Cornerstone. One of the things that we do, and we're serious about doing it, is living lives that are generously experiencing God's love and grace in our lives. And we want to do that in every way that we can. And so you've got an offering envelope. There's a, there's a button to click online for the giving button. And uh, we want to be generous with what God has given to us, whether it's our material things or our, our spiritual gifts that he's given to us, our skills that we have developed. We want to be generous for the sake of Jesus Christ with all of those things. And we have some principles that we follow. And here's uh, principle number four. Let's, um, let's read this together, would you please? We give to God all that he asks of us, not just a portion of it. And here's a scripture that goes along with this. Let's read this together. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. I love that, that, that adjective in there. Good <laughs> wine. And uh, so we're grateful grateful for God's providence to us and the beautiful things that God has created and the ability that God has given to us to take the things that God has created and do wonderful things with them. And in our generosity, we ask God to help us uh, with that. Let's continue to worship our Lord now as we sing and as we pray together. I invite you, if you're here, let's stand together and I'll offer this prayer as we sing again. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your gifts that you have given abundantly to us. We pray, God, that you would help us be faithful, courageous, uh, and generous with all that you have given to us in our lives, that each one of us, having dedicated ourselves to serve you, would take what you have given us and give them freely to others so that others may know how extravagant is your grace and your love and how powerful 
you are to bring healing and transformation into our lives. We desire this. We desire to be used by you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you that you are God and that you welcome us no matter where we've been, no matter where we come from. So Lord, we run to you today. Fall into the arms of your grace and your mercy.
no matter how many times. Now Paul said in the New Testament that just because there's a whole lot of grace doesn't mean we can keep doing a whole lot of sin. There is a time when we have to walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. But when we fall, and we as human beings do, we can turn back around and run to the Father again. Jesus in the New Testament, how many times am I supposed to forgive? Seven times? What did Jesus say? Seventy times seven. But that's what we're expected to do. God is our leader and he's going to do the same thing. So there is forgiveness for you this morning. You might be here in this room and you might be thinking, I, I, or you might be watching us online either now or maybe you're watching this weeks from now or months from now. And you're just thinking, I'm just too far gone. For God to do anything with me. He doesn't want me. He doesn't need me. He won't accept me. And that is not true. That is not. That is not true. This morning. So whoever you are. Wherever you are. Hear those words. Because you are welcome in the Father's arms. The Old Testament, the question was asked, who among the gods is like you, O Lord? And the answer is no one. There is none like you. So, Lord, we worship you as the one who was and is and is to come. The one who welcomes us, the one who receives us, the one who heals us, the one who forgives us, the one who saves us, the one who sets us free. There is. 
Beautiful, beautiful singing. Thank you for raising your voices to give praise to God. And uh, the Lord, the Lord is certainly present in the praises of His people. And uh, if you didn't notice that, if you don't feel the sense of God's presence with us, I'm not saying you're sick. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you. (laughs) I might say open your heart, perhaps, and uh, ask the Lord to... Speak to you. I know we all have different personalities and we all have different traits and characteristics. We're not all sensitive to the same things, and yet God still speaks to us all. And that is the truth. We're singing the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, In the first song that we sang, we sang these words I run to the Father, I fall in to grace. A lot of times when we fall into things, we're not exactly sure that there's something there to fall into. We call that prevenient grace. It's it's God's grace coming to us even before we are aware that God's grace is present or even that there is a God. And we sang these words also that said, even before I took a breath, God, you were thinking of me. Do you believe that? I do. And we, and we proclaim that. We have an opportunity now to celebrate that, that in a young man's life, God is already working. And that's why we celebrate baptism, infant baptism. In, in our denomination, in our church. So I want to invite the Burke Green family to come forward now. We got everybody here? Where, wait a minute, we're missing somebody. <laughs> uh, Ariel, why don't you go ahead and we'll get, we'll get Shaquan coming up here. Here he comes. He's coming, the rest of the family. And uh, we want to, I'm going to show some slides on the screen as we celebrate baptism uh, this morning. And uh, we wanted to do this before the children go off. So after, after the, the baptism, uh, Miss April will lead the children to their classroom before we get into the, into the message uh, this morning. But come on up here, and uh, if you would, Ariel. Good morning. We got Kyle. No, he won't break anything. It's all plastic. <laughs> Why don't you guys come over, stand here on my left side, if you would, please. There you go. There we go. And we got Aaron coming. We baptized Aaron 11 months ago. 
I noticed on the, and Aaron's coming up, and we got Dad and Grandma, welcome. Good to have all of you here this morning. And we've got our waters nice and warm. You want to feel that, Kyle? Want to touch the water? Yep, yep. Whoops. That was just a reaction. All righty. Follow along. There's a part in this that I want the congregation to read from the screen, but I'll, I'll just, uh, just follow along as we, go, as we go through this to baptize Alexander Ethan Burke Green. Great. Sisters and brothers in Christ, it is through this sacred act of baptism that we acknowledge, we acknowledge God's saving work through faith in Jesus Christ. This saving grace is a gift offered to us without price. And uh, we come this morning, and as I've said, Alex, got to get the right name, Alex and his life is falling into God's grace. God's grace is no less present to Alex than it is to the rest of us. And we recognize that this morning. We give thanks to God for that this morning. So it is through baptism that we are identified with Christ and His church. We are brought into God's mighty acts of salvation. This water reminds us that by our faith in Jesus, our sins are washed away, our hearts are made clean. This water serves as a sign that we have entered into a covenant community of faith through Jesus, our Messiah, Jesus the Christ. And we're not making a choice for Alex. As Alex grows, he will have to make a choice for himself someday that he takes on this faith for himself. But in this moment in his life, we're gathering as his community to say to him, God, you love this child and we make a commitment to raise him in the faith so that one day he will make this decision for himself. We call that confirmation later. And that'll come, that'll, that'll come later. But in this moment, just like mom and dad are not leaving it up to uh, Alex, Alex, to decide, Alex, Alex to decide whether or not he gets protein in his diet, whether, he not, whether or not he, he gets uh, grains and, and, and fiber in his diet. They don't leave that up to him because he can't make those choices right now. But we are choosing for him a spiritual diet that includes the church. That includes God's grace in his life. So it's good for us to gather this morning and celebrate this. Uh, baptism for Alexander Ethan Burke Green. And he's presented this morning by Ariel and Shaquan. Also included with Grandma and Brother uh, Aaron and Brother Kyle. That's the family. And there's more family down here. But it's not the whole family. You all are part of the family of Christ. And we all have a responsibility to raise this child and support this family. So that all of that... Look at you just staring at me. Wish everybody would listen to me that way. You're amazing. All right. I'm preaching and I'm supposed to stay on script. As the family of God, we recognize God's love at work in our lives. And so we anticipate the day when Alex... Having matured, he will respond to the grace of God. He will accept Jesus Christ as his own Savior and Lord. And he will pledge himself to live a life as a faithful follower of Jesus. Let's pray together as we give thanks for the water. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would look, look now with love upon your church. And unseal it for it 
this fountain of baptism. Dad, I'm going to ask if you'll just pour that into the bowl, would you please? Thank you. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, bless this gift of water. Bless Alex who receives it. We trust that in this sacrament, your Holy Spirit will protect and guide him to the moment when he puts his trust in Jesus Christ. Amen. Shaquan and Ariel, I ask you, do you confess your own sinfulness? If so, say, I do. And do you admit that Jesus loves and forgives you? And do you believe that Jesus uh, has died on the cross to forgive your sins? If so, answer, we do. We do. And do you pledge to follow as best possible uh, Jesus' teachings and live a faithful life? If so, answer, we do. We do. Now I ask the congregation, I ask all of you online, here in the room, will you surround Alex with a community of love and forgiveness as he grows in his trust of God? And if you would read the answer that's on screen, I would appreciate it. Let's read that together. With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Jesus Christ. We will surround Alex with a community of love and forgiveness. We pray he becomes a true believer who walks in the way that leads to life. Amen. Amen. Alex, can I hold you for just a second? Woohoo! Oh, man, you're warm. You're doing good. I'm going to get down. <laughs> Alex, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Family, I ask you to lay your hands on mine as we pray. I invite you in the congregation, if you just raise your hand, as if you're also laying your hands on Alex, and let's pray for him. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and continue to be present in Alex's life through all of his days. Protect him, guide him, be with mom and dad as they serve you and live and love together that Alex may become a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. He's read enough of this. Oh, he's, got, he's found his fingers. That's good. That'll work, because that's all I got. All righty. There you go, Ariel. Thank you. God bless you all. Here's a certificate. Thank you all. You may be seated. Let's praise God. If the children want to go with uh, Miss April to their class now, they certainly are welcome to do that. Miss April, where did you go? There she is. She's over here on this side. And uh, thank you. Let's, let's prepare our hearts to hear God's message this morning.
as we continue our series called Parables of Invitation. We're looking at the parables of Jesus and, the, and how they teach us about invitation. God is always inviting us to himself, but he's also inviting us to do something. God has gifted us. God has given all of us skills and abilities, and we all have an invitation to do something. It's not just, not just an invitation to come and be with Christ. He sends his followers out actively to work. <laughs> I didn't like the word work when I was younger. But I've come to realize that God gives us work as part of our creative, as part of the creative image of God that has placed in us. I'm going to save that for another sermon. Let's stick, let's stick with this one. Remember that movie years ago, came out maybe 20 years ago, I don't remember when it came out, the movie Home Alone. It's a classic Christmas movie that, that comes out in, in the years. Well, it's a story about Kevin, who's a, age eight. He finds himself alone in his great big Chicago suburb house. And just before Christmas, he was supposed to fly to Paris, France with his family for a Christmas holiday, but he was left up in his bedroom in the attic alone. The family rushed out and forgot Kevin. So he's spending a week or ten days or whatever in his house alone, and the movie's about all kinds of things that happen to him during that time. While he's alone, he realizes that his house is the target of thieves. He knows that because they try to get in one day, and he hears them outside, so he runs around the house and turns on all the lights so the thieves see that somebody is home. But he can hear them talking, and he hears them say, we're going to come back in a couple of days. And so he knows that he's, somebody's going to come and steal him. And he, can, and he realizes that he cannot allow his fear to keep him from literally saving his house. He can't allow his fear to keep him literally under the bed. But he's got to protect his home. There's a scene, there's a quote from the movie that says, This is my house. I have to protect it. And so he creates this elaborate plan using the creativity of an eight-year-old. Remember what I just said about work? <laughs> God created us to work. And our work is part of the image of God, a creative God, and we're created in His image. And work is part of our own creativity. Isn't that beautiful? Go to work tomorrow morning and exercise your God-given creativity. It's the image of God. You'll be a different employee if you start with that attitude. Absolutely. But it's not a sermon about work. <laughs> he creates this plan. He uses all the tools that he can. He uses all the abilities that he can. He creates a, color, a, a map in crayon. And he takes even the nails downstairs and he finds some extra shingles. He pokes the nails through the shingles, places them upside down on every stair step coming up the stairs into the house from the basement just in case the thieves decide to come sneak into the basement. And, and you can see that image when that one thief comes up there and he steps on that first nail. And, and, and all of us adults can feel that pain going right through every inch of our body. And he takes tar and he puts it on things. He, takes, he, he hoses down the sidewalks in the middle of winter so there's an inch thick 
uh, ice on top of the sidewalk so that any time the thieves step on the sidewalk or the stairs, they fly and land on their backs, break their heads open. He finds a flamethrower. I don't know why his dad has a flamethrower down in the basement. But he finds a flamethrower. He hooks it up to the door. And when the thieves open the door, it turns on the flamethrower and burns the guy's head. That's creative. That's work. That's him getting prepared. He superheats the doorknobs on the door with, with an electric grill heater. Brilliant. And he takes cans of paint and hangs them from the stairway so that, so that when, the, when the thieves come up the stairs, it trips a wire and the paint cans came flying down, smashes them right in the head. That's about 10 pounds of paint smacking you in the face. That hurts. And he gets his plan ready. And he hears the thieves come up to the door. And he stands up by the door. He gets his BB gun. Because he's ready and he says, This is it. Don't get scared now. Can you feel the urgency in him? We're going to read a story from the Bible. And I want you to feel the same sense of urgency that Jesus wants us to feel. Folks, this is it. Don't get scared now. This is time to act the plan that God has for us all. So let's look at this parable of invitation that Jesus is giving to us from Luke chapter 12, verse 35 to 40. This is Jesus' instruction to us. He gives it to us in the form of a parable. So if we want to understand what Jesus is saying, first we need to take the parable as a story itself. And remember the word parable simply means comparison. The word parable doesn't mean story. The par- word parable doesn't mean fiction. The word parable leads means comparison. I'm making a comparison between one thing and another. And in verse 35 of chapter 12, the book of Luke, Jesus says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. Don't just light a lamp because it's time to see. He says, keep your lamps burning. As though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Be ready. And the comparison that he is making is us to being the servants of God. In this parable, he's saying, there's, he's using a very common illustration in those days. The illustration of a servant to his master. Now, I know that in America in these days, the term servant and master automatically bring up the age of slavery in America. And that brings negative thoughts. And we may be tempted to set this parable aside as being irrelevant to our world today. But let's not jump too quickly and dismiss the Word of God. Let's let's do another work instead. Let's try to understand how Jesus is using these terms, master and servant, and not fill them with our modern understanding 
And especially the negative modern interpretation that we give to them. Because Jesus didn't experience that back then. The people of God didn't experience slavery the way we think of slavery. And I know that there were abuses back then just as there were abuses today. But the point that we're trying to do is understand God's Word in our lives. And it's, it's not right for us to take our modern interpretation, our modern definitions of words, and simply expect that they understood the Word the same way we do today. We have to dig back and get some kind of understanding of what Jesus meant by the word Master. And it didn't just mean a person who has overtaken and somebody else's life and that person belongs to them. That's not always what the word master means. I want to suggest some substitute terms for this word master. Such as boss, owner, Leader. Sir. CEO. Supervisor. Now, you wouldn't take, you, you would not take uh, any of those words and completely fill them with the definition of every other word. Some of those words are, are accurate to explaining certain situations. So when Jesus uses the word servant, I mean word master, he's talking about these kinds of terms. Somebody who you submit to willingly and you give them authority over your life. And we all do that. We all have to do that. We have to learn to submit ourselves to others in this world. That's what Jesus is referring to as master. And the word servant, let's, let's replace that with some words. Employee. Volunteer. Worker. So these are, these are roles that all of us fill in some capacity. And, and there is, you can hear this, there's great respect between the servant and the master in this parable. Because... Because the servant is taught to show respect by being ready to do something for the master, the owner, the CEO. Those of us who are clergy, when the bishop walks into the room, we don't treat the bishop the way we treat everybody else. Because we have submitted ourselves, especially in our denomination, we have submitted ourselves. The agreement was that, that I... Submit myself to go where the bishop tells me to go, to preach where the bishop tells me to preach. And I entered into that relationship willingly. I knew it from the beginning. And I entered into that relationship. And I have to follow through on the agreement that I've made. This is the relationship between the servant and the master. And it's not all bad. Of course, we're not denying there are abuses along the way. But we can't presume that every situation is abusive. So let's be careful as we're reading the Scripture. He says, For your master to return from the wedding feast, then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. You feel the urgency. You're expected to be ready. And listen to verse 37. The servants 
who are ready and waiting for His return will be rewarded. Oh, there's another word. Pastor Vaughn and I were just talking before the service. Pastor Vaughn <laughs> came into, the, came into the, the, the office this morning. I was at my desk in my office, and, and Carolyn was in the, in the adjacent office. Pastor Vaughn came in and said good morning to, to Carolyn, said good morning to Carolyn's mother who was sitting there. And then he said, I need to say good morning to the past, to my pastor, my captain. There's a word for master. What was Vaughn saying when he was calling me his captain? Was he saying that I was, that I was in charge of his life? No. He was saying that he respects me and he submits to me and he looks to my leadership. Just like when you get on an airplane and there's a captain of the airplane, you respect that captain's authority, skill, and abilities. And you place yourself in his or her trust, right? Absolutely. (laughs) And when the captain gets on the radio and says, put on your oxygen mask, do you say, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going to do that because I don't trust you. Well, you're the stupid one. Not him. So I think captain is a beautiful way to express what Jesus is saying to us. Listen to this man. He's guiding us. You're dependent on Him. So follow His instruction. And listen to what Jesus says. The captain. As though you were waiting for your master to return, it's verse 37, those servants, those employees, those volunteers who have submitted themselves to this master, to this captain, those who are ready and those who are waiting for His return will be Say it aloud. Rewarded. Not just paid what was agreed to be paid, but on top of that, there's a reward. What is the reward? I'll tell you the truth. Jesus emphasizes this. I tell you the truth. He himself will seek them. Now, it's the word pronoun he In the parable, the pronoun he refers to what word in the parable? Who? The master. The captain. The captain will come and take you to your seat. Wait a minute. Captains aren't supposed to do that. We're supposed to serve the captain. But wait, as soon as the master knocks on the door... Those who are ready, those who are waiting for Him, those who are waiting to serve Him will open the door. The the captain will walk in and grab your hand, grab your arm, and say to you, Come in, my friend. I have a place for you. You were here ready to serve me, but let me serve you. I was in college. I think it was 1986. Don't say numbers. (laughs) They're too long ago. And I was singing in a, in a group of singers, three guys, three girls. We were traveling around the, the country singing, and we uh, would go to this church and to camp meetings and, uh, and work with teenagers, work with youth groups, sometimes for a week. Sometimes we just did, did a program. We did a concert. We did a worship service uh, one time in churches, and we just traveled around doing that. We went 
We were, we were hired to sing in Louisville, Georgia. And there was a woman there. She didn't host us. She, she, didn't, uh, she, she didn't host us overnight, but she wanted to give us a good lunch. So she invited us to come to her house for lunch. Now, this woman was probably in her 80s. This is 1986, so she was born around the turn of the century. She lived in a big southern house. It was beautiful. Historic home, and she took great care of it. I suspect that she was perhaps born in the home, and it was her father's home. And she was wealthy. She had what we would call old money. This is the money that during the Civil War... People in the South who had it to avoid the Yankees from getting it, they would bury it in the ground. It's the kind of money that when when General Sherman marched through that area, and I saw where General Sherman marched through those towns, if the the Yankees saw a, 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 a fresh grave, they would assume that there was not a body in it. They would assume that underneath that fresh dug grave was treasure. It was the silver of the family. It was the coin that they had. This woman had that kind of old money, and she used it generously. She also had a servant woman who was also black. And she and her servant invited us to lunch, six of us. And we went, we walked into her room, and... and there was, we, she led us into the dining room where the table was, and it was this beautiful long table with mirrored placemats. So that when we looked down at our plate, all we saw was ourselves. <laughs> she wanted everything to glisten and shine. And there was silver and china. And in the middle of the, middle of the, the table was this great big bowl, at least this big around. Silver. Filled with flowers, one kind of flower, bright, fresh, yellow daffodils. And it was gorgeous. And you couldn't put one more daffodil in that bowl. It spilled out like God's grace pouring out on all of us. And it was gorgeous. It was so big that we couldn't see the people on the other side of the table. And we snickered about it. We were a little bit rude sometimes. <laughs> and we expected that being hosted by our guest, by our, uh, being the guests of our host, that she would come and sit with us. And we wanted to enjoy some conversation with her. But as we sat at the table, we realized there are six of us. There are only six plates around the table. And we each took one. And we thought, well, this is kind of odd. Where is she going to sit and eat? Why didn't she set a place for herself? Well, she she and her servant continued to, to bring out the plates to us with that beautiful, well-cooked steak. I say well-cooked, not well-done. <laughs> it was a good steak and potato and Probably some kind of green. I don't remember the whole thing. But it was a great lunch that we and a great treat for us having been on tour and usually eating fast food. She showed us great hospitality. There were a couple side dishes she brought out for us to pass around the table, which we did. 
And after everything was served and she made sure our crystal goblets were filled with tea, and then she came back every now and then to fill them up again, because that's what you do in the South. You ever been in the South and you're in somebody's house and you drink your tea? And like me, I was taught to, uh, uh, I was, I was taught to drink everything, empty my plate. Don't do that in the South because a good hostess will constantly fill your glass back up. And as soon as you drink it, they'll put some more in it. And you try to empty that, it won't be emptied. You will be stuffed full of tea. And you won't sleep for days if you think you're supposed to end it. She kept coming back. But we thought, where are you going to sit and eat? You know where she sat? She sat in the kitchen at a table across from her servant maid. I was humbled that day. And I learned something about serving. It's not about me. It's about the other. And look what the, the Jesus is telling us. Be ready to serve. That woman was ready to serve us. And not only did she see herself as the master of the house, she sat with her servant to serve us. Jesus is doing the same thing for you and for me. And are you ready to receive from Jesus the service that He has to offer to you. We've already sung about it. We've already heard about it. That Jesus died on the cross to serve us by giving His own life in order that we can live and live life forever. This is the gift that He gives to us. We didn't finish reading this verse. Let's do that. The servant, verse 37 says, the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth. He himself will seat them. The server, the servant, the captain, the master will put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night. He may come just before dawn. But whenever he comes, he will, reserve the, he will reward the servants who are ready. You hear the urgency? Those who are not ready will not be served by the Master. We must all be ready. Verse 39 says, understand this. That takes us back to home alone. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. So you also must be ready all the time because the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, will come when least expected. You don't know when Jesus is coming again. You don't know when that day will come when you have to make a when you have to stand before God face to face and make a reckoning. And if you believe that won't happen, but it does, who's going to lose out? <laughs> those who are not ready. Not those who believe. Those who are not ready. I'm going to make a bold statement here. Now, if I believe in Jesus Christ, and I'm ready for Him, if He is true, 
if he is not who he says he is, and when I die, there is absolutely nothing after this, what do I lose? Nothing. Because there's nothing. But if there is life after this life, what do I gain? Everything. (laughs) Everything. Thank you, preacher, for answering the question. Are you ready? Now, I said earlier that Jesus gives us a task to do. And you saw what Kevin in Home Alone did. I got to get ready. And if there were other people in his house, he'd be telling everybody else to get ready too. Brothers and sisters, we live in a house called the world that God created. We've got people around us who are not ready. And it is your job. It is your job to tell them that a day is coming. Let's get ready. We who believe have that responsibility. And I confess that there have been many times I've been a pastor for for 26 years, 25 years. And I've had the, the explicit job of telling people the good news of Jesus Christ. And I've dedicated my myself. I, I, I've, I've trusted the church to provide for me and my family so that, so that I could dedicate my time to telling others. But you know what? My time is not dedicated to telling others because most of my time is spent with those who believe. So my work is to prepare you to go tell them. Go tell them. But before you can tell them, you've got to have something to tell them. And you can't tell them something that you don't believe in. So get ready. Trust in Jesus. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning. On your tables, this is very simple. I'm going from big idea down to reality very quickly. And I want you to take this little card that's on your chair or on your table. It says, what can I do to help? And Christ, the cornerstone, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, whether you were at the service last night or whether they're coming to the service at 11 o'clock, we are all one. Those who are worshiping at at our Ellesmere campus, we're all part of Christ, the cornerstone. We have a responsibility for telling others at that campus and at this campus. And I'm asking you here at this campus and online to help us do something that will help spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we spread the good news of Jesus verbally through words. Sometimes we help people experience God's grace just by our actions. And we can do many things to participate in that. So here's some opportunities that we have on October 31st and Halloween. We're having a trunk or treat up at the Ellesmere campus. I'm asking some of you to seriously consider, and I don't care where you live, because if God tells you to do this, you'll drive where you need to be. So I'm asking some of you to say, okay, I'm not doing anything on Halloween. I don't like Halloween to begin with. I turn my light off. But could you decorate your trunk and drive up to the Ellesmere campus and park in the Ellesmere parking lot? We've got it planned. We're going to have, we're going to have bright lights. We're going to have games. We've got prizes to give. And I've been playing with the prizes all this week because, you know, we had to get ready and have to make sure that they're working. <laughs> We're asking the community of Ellesmere to come together and experience God's love and God's grace and gather together. And I'm asking you, can you help us? Is the Lord asking you to come up there with your car and hand out candy to the kids that come by and speak with the families that walk by? Can you do that? 
Or is God just asking you, I can't do that. I'm going to stay at home with my children, but I can give some candy. We've got a great big barrel out there. It's been filled up once. I emptied it out so that you can see that it still needs to be filled again for candy. Whatever. We need some people to just come and and help with the games and visit with people in the neighborhood so and ask them how are things going can i pray with you you can do these things and i ask you to do that this is part of us getting ready now it's time to stop let's pray let's think about this invitation the invitation is one are you ready yourself come to jesus Confess your faith in Christ. Say, Lord, I'm sorry for, the, for living my life. Lord, I don't know if you're real or not. But if, you're, if you are, I want to be there. And I'm sorry for the ways I live my life that are against the ways you want me to live my life. So, I'm giving myself to you. My captain, teach me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Teach me how to live this life. Cleanse me. We watched Alex take this water as a sign of your cleansing. The water didn't clean him. I just put water on his top of his head. But it's a sign that Jesus cleans our souls. We receive forgiveness. There is no guilt for those who trust in Christ. And there is power to do what is right and good holy and just. We need that power in our world. And Lord, we pray. Help each of us understand, Jesus, what you want us to do with this invitation. You've made an invitation to us. How do you want us to invite others? Make us be generous, helpful, thoughtful, so that others may be ready with us. And when we get to that place, we all will rejoice. We rejoice. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Help us to do that, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us.